Welcome back to Building Buffalo. Today I'm here with magician Garrett Thomas and Dr. Michael Stanley Gallisdorfer to talk about Buffalo as a place of magic. How's everybody doing today? I'm pretty good. How are you, Newell? Yeah, I'm, do- I'm good. Thanks, Michael and Garrett. I'm very well. Yeah? Yeah. On this snowy day after a, uh, after a, a big Bills win. It's always great. Yeah, Mad- magic is in the air, right? Yeah. I, I, I live in Buffalo because I love it. So. Yeah. Are you from Buffalo? I'm from, yes, uh, Depew. From so, Depew. From, yeah, so I, I uh, was, uh, my family grew up in South Wales, but as soon as uh, my mom got pregnant, she said, all right, we got to do better schooling. And so she uh, dragged my dad up here and and uh, uh, was in Depew for most of my childhood, right? actually my whole childhood. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and you are, uh, you're pretty much considered Buffalo's resident uh, magician, right? Um, I guess. I mean, there, there, there are other, there are other magicians. It's hard to tell because every time I'm doing a show, I'm working. So I've never seen the show. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I come to mind when most people think about magic in Western New York. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, and, uh, because, uh, Buffalo is a pretty magical place, isn't it? It is. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what, what makes Buffalo a magical place? Well, uh, you know, everyone right now has uh, seen the popularity of the movie Prestige and Illusionist. And uh, in that movie, they never say what city uh, Tesla was giving electricity to, you know. And while the magicians were, while the performance magicians were trying to do tricks and out-trick each other, and here's Tesla, a scientist, actually doing magic. And uh, Buffalo was, the, you know, as, as most people know, we were the city of light. We were the first city to have electricity. And uh, it inspired magicians uh, per, of all type, performance magic and scientists, to just come to Western New York to uh, to be a part of that uh, new revolution. Uh, and magicians had uh, taken that, that information and done so much with it. You know, both performance magic and uh, what I would say science magic. Uh, the, the electricity changed the world. And uh, to me, the word magic, the reason I have this conflict between performance magic and science magic is because uh, the word magic just means wisdom. It's magi, where the wise men come from. And Buffalo was a foundation of a new uh, revolution, like the... The, it, it might as well have been a, like creating a, the smartphone. You know, it changed the world so much that uh, that you know we are detached from it because we've had electricity our whole life. Yeah. Um, now, uh, Michael, how do you know Garrett? We know each other from my time in hospitality. I think that's where we first actually met Garrett when I was opening up a place in Buffalo called Masuda Chow's with uh, Johnny Chow, and Garrett would. Garrett would arrive and make magic and then drink, you know, a gin drink every so often. Yeah. And it worked out. All right. So you were performing at, at Masuda Chow's. Yeah. Uh, uh, Christy and Johnny had been uh, talking to me for years. They had another venue in Western New York that they wanted me to perform at, but it was really made for couples. And, uh, you know, the fact that I told her, no, this really is not the place for me. Because uh, the last thing you need is a guy walking around being impressive you know like it's all two tops and they want to be be alone so i think it's just you know let people enjoy themselves so i told her no she's like got upset so she she as soon as she was opening the suit of chow she was like calling me all right i have a place you have to see it 
and she got me down there. And uh, I treat my performances at these uh, venues as like a glorified host. Uh, I go where I'm needed. I keep people uh, happy, keep them uh keep the conversation flowing, making sure that everybody is, ha is, uh, sticking around. You know, if I see people looking at their watch and other people at the table want to, want to continue, then I'll help them out. I'll be, I'll be the fourth wheel. If there's a third wheel at a table and I give them something to talk about because magic has that power of engagement. It gives them like, what was that? I, you know, it unites the, uh, the group in a shared experience. So I love providing that for uh, a venue that uh that just uh wants to do something extra to make it so that all their guests are not just looking on their phones. Right. Uh is it true that you have David Blaine on speed dial? Oh yes. Uh, he has me on speed dial. Too, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, yeah, I've uh, been working with David Blaine almost like right after the first special he called me. So it was so weird cuz I thought it was a prank. I thought somebody was joking with me. Oh, this is David Blaine. I'm like, "Okay, this is Joe." Right? I thought there was and he had to like convince me it was he was him. How uh, long ago was that? Ah, man, this was uh 2003 is when I officially started, but I had already auditioned for uh a play a a role in on the team. Uh, you know, and he is very smart about who he chooses. He is a very small amount of people compared to other big performers who might have 20 or 30 people. So he makes sure that every person provides something unique. And it turns out that my job was to design the sleight of hand. Anything he touches, I would kind of like overlook and check it and make sure it was okay. Uh, and, uh, that, that there was nothing to be changed and adjusted, uh, and kind of his myth, you know, I, I have a, a way of romanticizing, uh, things and trying to figure out how to explain it to people. What's, you know, what's the point of magic? Why does society do this? Um, you know, from a performance magic point of view, I, I have this way of explaining things that, uh, people find refreshing because I, in my magic, I try to demystify it. Like, I don't want people walking away thinking it's supernatural. I want them to walk away being challenged. I want them to walk away with a conflict of a, a moment they know didn't happen yet happened. Are you always on? Yes. <laughs> um, well, if, if, I, I mean, if, and the reason if, I say that is because just the other day, I, you, I don't want to be off. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that sounds horrible. I am I on? Yes and no. I magic often is something that kids will be drawn to to hide something. They they they're looking for power where it's an illusion, and they, they either. Uh, give up is disappointed or they, you know, they're so often there is this mask element, but after a while it became who I was. Uh, once I processed uh, some of my demons, there's always, there's always more, you know, that, that we struggle with our, each one of us has these, these uh, things we got to overcome. And, uh, and as soon as you get rid of one, there's another one coming up, you know, so, but I used magic, like most kids, to be something I wasn't. And then once I addressed that issue, I I had this this love of an art form that I was able to become. So 
I don't, I don't, you know, I, I not, not only do I think am I always on, I think everybody is always on because I've now reinterpreted the idea of magic so much that I believe everyone is a magician. You know, if you are artistically choosing the things that will communicate your identity, the type of clothes you wear, the, the way you talk, the way you dress, you are committing an act of magic. Arti and you're, you're an art piece. You know, when people say I'm not an artist, you, you chose everything about you. And that mm -hmm. was a blank canvas. Yeah. Right. So you are an artist. And that act is an act of magic to create an identity that people can talk to and engage with. Because one guy in China gets sick, we all get sick. We're very connected. So we we play this game through art and through magic of identity to uh, to to grow, to help each other uh, in on levels that would not be there if we didn't make these art pieces. Yeah. So I I'm always a magician because everybody's always a magician. So I uh, I just happen to be a performance magician on top of it. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm always thinking like a magician. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you always, uh, you always have some tricks up your sleeve. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it might, I, I, even though I've let go of, of some demons, my security blanket still stays with me. Yeah, uh, yeah. It is a. Uh, I love, I love that I have uh, a gift that I can give people at any time, anywhere, whenever they need. Uh, it's. It's it's a uh, it's like printing money, yeah. you know. It, it's you anytime you want to show appreciation or help someone, or you have this this thing in your back pocket that um, you can bring out whenever. And it's uh, I, is that I, an eight ball in your back pocket? Oh, it, well, it's in the wallet, yeah. <laughs> um, but but you know, because I I got to a point where I realized who am I to not share these moments with people. Yeah, like it costs me nothing, and I love doing it, and it changes their day. Yeah, it you know so it what why wouldn't I always be prepared? Why wouldn't I always have these things? Because I, I you know I I enjoy it, and uh, you know it could make a person reevaluate everything in their life, and you know maybe be the thing that. Uh, it's some on a new path. Yeah. Now you've performed for Madonna. I, I yep. I performed for lots lots of people. Uh, some through David Blaine and some through just the the quality of the magic. Uh, you know, Madonna heard about me and and uh, flew me out to London to perform for her family. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got to what got to doing? meet like Kanye West and perform at you know some magic at his house and. Uh, um, Steve Wozniak at the um, at the Magic Castle and uh, uh, the Microsoft event and and things like that. So, you know, when you have uh, something unique, because I create my own magic. Uh, one of my struggles, one of my demons, was dealing with ADHD and and uh, the ability to focus and and uh, you know have like dyslexia so i never read magic books i just wanted to be a magician so i would find other ways to get the information uh, i would just research and study and trial and error error and 
it ended up creating a magic that no one else did. So the blessing of having something unique is when somebody wants to see it, you're the only one that can provide it. And so they have to, they have to come to you or you have to go to them. So uh, it's a, it was an honor that uh, I had, you know, a performance that she wanted to see and was willing to just, you know, have me come out and, and share it with her family. That's really neat. Um, the, uh, I was not aware that, um, there's a magic club in Buffalo. Yeah, we have, uh, uh, it's kind of like a combination IBM, SAM, which are magic groups. Uh, we had, we had the acronym IBM before, uh, uh, the computer company, but uh, <laughs> International Brotherhood of Magicians, uh, was, uh, uh, and Buffalo was one of the first places we have ring four. And I think we have over 300 rings now or in the U.S. Um, wow, yeah. that's amazing. So we were, I mean, Houdini came here and established, you know, uh, the Society of American Magicians, I believe. He was part of, part of that as well. And that was very early on. So one of the first uh, chapters, uh, number four, is in Western New York. Uh, and it still, still is going uh, at a smaller level. But I... Uh, yeah, you know, COVID took a hit on everything, mm -hmm. of course, but um, but yeah, our club was was very large, almost almost twice as large in attendance to some of the New York City clubs, and uh, it was uh, probably due to this uh, leftover concept of magic because of being the first city with electricity. And also a magician by the name of Eddie Fector really popularized mm. bar magic. He created a place called the Forks Hotel. And uh, he was still to this day is argued to be one of the best bar magicians to ever have lived uh, by the guy that, you know, says that everyone says is the best bar magician uh, alive. He said, no, this guy was the, the, the guy. <laughs> Even Doug Henning used to hitchhike down to QEW to study close-up magic at the Forks Hotel. Uh, and, uh, you know, Buffalo had this rich history of a different style of magic. From my point of view, it seems like the West Coast was very theatrical, top hat and tails. Well, Chicago brought that theater into bars. They were the first to have bar magic, like popular. I'm sure it was other places, but they, but it still had the top hat and tails and still had characters. Eddie, when it got to Buffalo, it, uh, it, it, it lost a lot of the theater and it was just a guy doing magic, which just seems very like Buffalo. Just get, get rid of yeah. all the glitz, get rid of all the <laughs> working class magic, get rid yeah. of all the glitz and glamour, get rid of all the, the songs and yeah. dance numbers. If the magic is good, it will work. Mm-hmm. And he was right. Uh, and then when it got back to New York City, it, Broadway encouraged the theater st style to come back. But it was so when Buffalo had this style of magic where it wasn't an act. It was a guy who did magic. <laughs> and uh, if you look at, at David Blaine, you know, our team was heavily influenced by Eddie Fector. Uh, every, every member in our team uh, was kind of like a student of him. And uh, David Blaine's style is not an act, which is why I wanted to support him when, when he asked me to, because David Copperfield is an act. I mean, that's not his name. That's a book. 
uh, Penn and Teller, one guy talks, one guy, one guy doesn't talk. I met the guy who doesn't talk. He talked to me. You know, uh, <laughs> I broke my heart. It's an act. Chris Angel is like 60 years old, not an 18-year-old emo kid. You know, so, uh, you know, these are, and, and these are beautiful theatrical performances, and these are all great magicians, uh, but um, in their own way. But David Blaine was David Blaine. David Blaine comes across on television like a weird adrenaline junkie nutcase. And when you meet him uh, in the most com compliment of way, he's a weird <laughs> adrenaline junkie nutcase. And, uh, you know, he just lives with this uh, enthusiasm for life. Uh, he Everything is about creating the best day. Uh, think about the story is something we say in the office constantly. Uh, there's 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 no day like a day hanging out with with Blaine because uh, he will go out of his way to make it something remarkable. Yeah. Um, now, and and you uh, told me previously that um, we wouldn't have David Blaine without Buffalo Magic. Yeah, I mean that. I mean that's pre that's pretty powerful. Serious, pure magic. Yeah. Well, yep. Yeah, that conversational style. You know, we had permission to do do that because of the things that, you know, Buffalo, that, that Eddie Fector, especially, uh, you know, tried in Buffalo. This, you know, he would, he would just be in t-shirts and jeans and just be this big guy and you wouldn't think anything of him. You'd think he's a guy, just this biker, right? He, he hated bikers back then. You know, it was a different world. Uh, but, um, but man, it, like he, uh, as soon as he touched a deck of cards, it was, it was poetry and it, but it didn't feel like a, a show. Uh, he was hilarious, but it didn't feel like comedy. Uh, he w was just, it was just who he was. It was, he, he, he wasn't a, playing a character. He, he was a character. He had character. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that concept is really what, uh, what I think was, I mean, there were magicians in the past, like Malini, and, uh, there were people in, in, Scotland, like Ramsey, uh, that that had been known for this real life magician type of performance. Um, people that lived it every day. Uh, if you wanted to see Ramsey perform, he was a grocer. He owned a store. You would go and buy something, and he would do some magic with it <laughs> at the counter before you left. Like that was that was the only place. He'd, like you know, he would do a show. Um, and, uh, he was one of the best coin sleight of hand magicians, uh, we'll, 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 we'll see for a long time. Uh, there are many magicians like that, but, it, but in America, the popularity of this conversational style, uh, Eddie was really uh, in Buffalo was a, a really, uh, big on promoting that. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Forks Hotel? So the Forks Hotel, uh, was, uh, a, a bar that you know after the war eddie came back and he claimed that magic saved his life there are so many amazing stories uh that are floating around about eddie um because of magic when he uh went in the government found out his skill uh they didn't put a gun in his hand he the soldiers were getting paid but weren't coming home so if they were dumb enough to gamble that's on them but if the locals were dumb enough to cheat American soldiers, we'll take care of it. 
So Eddie's job was an undercover pit boss because he could detect cheats because of his magic skill. So he, a lot of what he was doing was protecting, you know, the, the soldiers from these scam artists. Uh, Eddie grew up in a time, uh, he lost his father at an early age in a horrific way. Uh, I'm going to not tell too much of the story because it might become a movie or a book. He, he had a life like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, but he had a traumatic event in his childhood and he had to work a bar with his mom. And so he was 12 year old bartender serving. And back then uh, they used to roll dice to see who would pay for a round. And he figured out quickly is all he has to do is make sure mom never pays and we make more money. So he got into magic by learning how to cheat dice rolls. <laughs> And so his style of magic was very uh, leaned into gambling cheats and stuff like that. So he was amazing with anything with a deck of cards and sleight of hand, uh, you know, stuff. At, but also incredibly entertaining uh, because he had to be he was a bartender, which, you know, and Michael will tell you, it forces you to uh, have this. Uh, this level of charisma, or you wouldn't keep your job. People can get a drink anywhere, yeah, but they can't get quality company and entertainment anywhere. Yeah, they can make a drink at home. Yeah, you know um, what? What? What brings them to the bar is uh, this uh, this person who's you know going to have a conversation with you, you know, and uh, and connect with you. So, and, know, and the hotel was located where exactly? It was on the corner of Broadway and Union in Chictawaga. Okay. And it was there for uh, many, many years? Yeah, it, I, I think it was something around the... F I mean, the building was there before the 40s, but the the Forks Hotel, um, I think, was established in the 40s. Um, I think 42. I'm, not, I'm very bad at dates, so all of this should be, you know, vetted. Uh, but... <laughs> but uh, and then in 98, they had a fire, um, and uh, uh, Eddie was long gone. I believe Eddie passed away in like late seventies. Um, but the bar still lasted, you know, and it, Eddie was the right type of person because he grew up in a bar setting and he knew how to run a bar and then he fell in love with magic and he knew about magic. So I think whoever owned the bar after Eddie only had half of the formula. Mm -hmm. It went to, uh, his family who didn't know anything about the magic and then it went to a magician who didn't know anything about running a restaurant. And then a magician and a restaurant owner teamed up together and the restaurant owner tricked the magician, ha, huh? and went <laughs> like and went to Florida with all the money and just like left him hanging. So he had to sell it to a different magician who didn't know how to run a restaurant. And it just went it was just it it struggled uh after Eddie, but it it the magic was enough to keep it alive. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of the 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 things is that the rhythm of when people need the entertainment, the performance magic is really once a month. You know, we need to laugh every day. We need music every day, but you don't need to reevaluate who you are through witnessing a, a conflict. <laughs> you know, that's, I mean, that that's it, it, magic is an existential crisis. So if you feel stuck and you don't, you know, you don't know what to do next, magic could unconsciously trick you into uh into opening a part of your mind because it makes your inner child argue with your inner adult mm -hmm. 
And in that discussion, you realize very quickly, uh, either you're crazy or there's more to identity than being an individual because I'm watching me argue with me about what I thought I witnessed. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Mm-hmm. And maybe that, <laughs> and that, that conflict wakes up uh, all the parts of you because sometimes the inner adult is overprotective and the inner child doesn't have a voice. And sometimes the inner, inner child is so obnoxious that the inner adult has given up. <laughs> right. And uh, you're not, uh, you're not validating all of you if you don't have a voice. So magic forces that inner adult to go, no, 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 that didn't happen. Well, I mean, it happened, but it didn't happen the way we just, I don't know, but it's not that, thing that happened didn't happen and that conflict is astonishment and that conflict is uh a a i believe uh this hasn't been validated yet but i believe astonishment is a dopamine reward system for curiosity you don't have the answers but instead of running away in fear of the unknown it encourages curiosity to to look and realize it was a dog and not a wolf you know, and, and double check before mm-hmm. you run. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. that is beneficial. Sometimes that's, you know, it's a wolf. <laughs> but but you gotta, you gotta find out, right? Yeah. It makes you want to look again. Yeah. Then all again. you gotta do is be faster than your friends. So then, then, yeah. then, then you'll be fine. But, but because you're, you know, because you've been exposed to Gareth Thomas's magic, you now know that you have to be faster than your friends. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I just, I just want to shake people up. You know, I, I think the gift that, that I give, like, I don't, I mean, I, I, I have my beliefs, but like, it matters not how, what you believe, as long as you thought about it. Uh, I, I want to wake people up and make sure that the choices they make are not because their parents told them, not because TV told them, not because that they actually thought about what is best for themselves and really took the time and just stop trusting other people's opinions and just think about it. Mm-hmm. And magic tricks you into thinking. It tricks you into <laughs> uh to like analyzing. You it you're 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 on it's an intellectual threat. You know. Uh-oh. Yeah. It, it, it's like <laughs> like you know we have a we're so blessed even with how bad the world is, uh, we are still in a very good place. So much so that we can be entertained by art and like music. Like, uh, one of my students um, moved back to Peru, and the average person is struggling so bad that they don't understand a lot of plots and magic. They wouldn't understand rewinding time. They can only understand vanishes and appearances because some of these people are so worried about eating that they, they can't even turn their attention to higher things is, is what they used to say. They used to say, we, how blessed are we that we could turn our attention to higher things? And magic uh, is, is, is such a unique art form. Uh, a roller coaster is a negative art. It's a way of experiencing falling without dying. We'll do it. We are so blessed that we will do 
negative things safely. I don't want to be chased by a man with a gun, but I'll sit in a theater and watch it for two hours. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, horror movies and stuff like that. They're a, a safe way of being scared. Haunted houses, which are very popular in Western New York, um, are a safe way of experiencing fear. And uh, it can be an amazing release if used properly. Um, magic is a, just like that. It's a negative art form. It's it's a it's a place where it's okay to be absolutely wrong about everything you know safely. Like if you if if you don't know a little bit about how your car works, your mechanic could take advantage of you. I, a lot of people don't realize how much how dangerous it is dangerous it is to not know completely how your phone works because companies that know the loopholes can take advantage of you yeah. and they probably do and there's a lot of evidence evidence that they do so you want to educate yourself about anything any tool you have in your life um because you know these are th th it's a form of magic every everything everything you do is a magical act you, you know every word you say is a blessing or a curse to your world and it, that's why they call it spelling because it's it, it is casting a spell and you know so I, I i've always tried to to figure out what magic does for society and i think it it does that it, it uh it connects people to to the truth that everything around them is imagination mm -hmm. you know everything we're in, we're in an age of willy wonka right now everything is your imagination uh everything you know uh peter gabriel mercy street you know all of the buildings all of the cars were once just a dream in somebody's head and it's not even a dream of any we're living in a dream of someone else that is long gone and uh we can keep that dream alive and use it or you can let it decay and it'll become a nightmare. You know, so mm -hmm. what do you do? What, 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 you know, you, the magic wand, the baton was passed to you. What do you do with it? You know, and that's uh, what I, what I hope magic inspires uh, is to, to think about it and know that you're doing magic, whether or not you do it on purpose or if you do it carelessly, you're changing your world and uh the world of for the people around you yeah now you actually performed at the forks hotel oh yeah <clears throat> which is incredible yeah yeah i was the last uh generation to perform there there were other magicians local guys uh uh carl norman ray mertz todd nelson randy uh you know lot lots of local guys and some people in rochester would come out here to 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 perform at that time but uh Carl Norman was Eddie's uh, best friend, and he was still uh, around uh, as uh, the guide or the uh, the the person we would turn to for advice. And he he really uh, in encouraged people to just get out there and do it and try it. Yeah. Know? And in '98, when it closed, yeah, there was a shift. Y yeah, all of the magicians uh, that were there. Um guys like carl who was in he was in his 90s uh said okay well i'm just going to retire and here i am you know 16 years old going well i'm just getting started right i can't retire. like so um i had to hustle and uh and try to find 
uh, a place to recreate that type of venue. Um, it must have been heartbreaking. Oh, yeah, because most places didn't want to do it at first. Uh, I would talk to magicians and they would just say, yeah, no, nobody's nobody would do nobody would do it. And I found out they were right. You know, um, for years, uh, I was told, no, that's the Forks Hotel. I'm like, it had a fire. It's lost its uh, its uh, grandfather clause. It would cost millions of dollars to bring back. It's not, you know, and it lost its liquor license. So the building can't serve liquor for a while. No one's bringing this back. It's not coming back. There's an audience for this and you're missing an opportunity. And they're like, yeah, but we still don't need it. And a lot of people passed on it. For years, I had the door closed in my face and... Uh, and I'm like, in from my point of view, it's such a win-win-win situation. I get to practice. I get to advertise. Uh, people get a free show, uh, you know, small mini magic show uh, for their friends and families. They And the restaurant gets a customer that will never forget that night. There is something about the, because of the intellectual threat of magic, there's something that the moment is ingrained in their mind forever. I talk to people that are like, yeah, when I was like, you know, you know, 20 years old, I went to the Forks Hotel and I remember Eddie did the card on the ceiling and this thing with my cigarette. And I'm like, you, you don't remember all your kids' names and you're telling me about something that happened, you know, 60, 70 plus years ago. So it, yeah, it was, it, it's, it, it really is such a, a gift that uh, people never forget. So now this good feeling of astonishment and magic is permanently embedded with your business. You know, you can't get advertisement like that. And people come back to places I've long left just to come back to the place they experience that magic. You know, I get calls from uh, other restaurants that I no longer work at and they're like, oh, yeah, people came in, we're talking, and, and you know, they were they were asking if you're ever coming back. And and uh, it it's 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 such a a, a wonderful thing that uh, that I that I think magic does. And uh, it's a missed opportunity uh, because, you know, the way I look at it from a glorified host point of view, if I get. 10 people to have one more drink than, you know, than they would have, they probably would have snuck out to go to sleep early, keep the party going, keep them happy. I pay for myself very quickly. Right. So the, it, it costs, it really costs nothing to the venue um, because that those say there's a amount of, there's a small amount of draw, you know, magic because you don't need it every day. It's not a huge draw, but there's a small amount of draw but the people pleasing of the people that are there is so valuable to these, these venues. And, uh, I like being a part of that. So when you, so when you, when you were knocking on those doors and you were getting a lot of, uh, uh, doors shut in your face, um, somebody eventually, uh, opened a door for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I first realized that approaching it professionally was the wrong approach. Um, because the people that ended up biting just saw me doing magic at the mall and at the mall. Yeah. Okay. So I was at the gallery of mall, you know, just hanging out, trying to talk to some girls. And, uh, <laughs> this, uh, 
one of the venues there uh, had had seen me uh, messing around in in the in the uh, walkway and said, "Hey, can you come in and show my friends?" And I'm and I'm like, "Sure." And I did some magic, and it's like, "Wow, this is amazing." And I'm like, "Well, you know, if you for this much plus some food and." you know, you can, uh, I'll come in on Fridays. And he's like, really? You know, now this was a, a, a chain restaurant that did not know that the Forks Hotel was literally historically around the corner. And so he said, yeah, we got to do this and went all in on it and uh, had me there every week. And uh, uh, finally, I got my first venue after years and years of, of no's. And then, uh, it just grew from that, you know, realizing that I had to, um, uh, I got, got a foot in the door and I got proof that all my theories worked. Um, and then I kept on, you know, I, I went to the next local restaurant and I tried to approach them with, with all the money, like I had a binder full of all this business <laughs> stuff of how to save, you know, Facts. you're going to spend less money on free desserts and free drinks <laughs> because people are happier and they're not going to complain as much. And if, if they wait a little long for their food, I've distracted them. They don't even notice. Right. So this is going to save this much. Money. I had all these numbers and facts and I, you know, there was this restaurant magic company, uh, coast to coast that would uh, help people put together this business model. And, uh, it didn't work, right? <laughs> uh, because when it when it when it did work, mm -hmm. uh, as soon as like the smoking ban hit mm -hmm. in New York State, all the restaurants had to scramble to find a way of making money. Mm -hmm. I was a business expense. The places that ended up keeping me are the ones that I became friends with. You know, the Danny Sheehan's in Lockport. I've been there twenty two years almost, twenty three maybe, um, and. And Mike came out to see me at another venue that, uh, and I started hanging, talking to him and his customers were just love, you know, saw me and started talking about me word of mouth and then connecting with people. Uh, I, I, I firmly believe, you know, that, that Mike would rather fire, you know, uh, if he had to let go of somebody, he would let go of other employees before he would let, let go of me because of, of the relationship that is, is built there. Um, the, uh, you know, it becomes family. He would check on me during COVID and, you know, you know make sure everything was okay, you know, cause I wasn't working. So yeah, it, it becomes family. So, you know, if you can, if you can make whatever you do, if you can make, uh, you know, you get that connection, another form of magic. What do you do during the course of the day? Um, because of my ADHD, my, my day is chaotic. Uh, my, <laughs> my, uh, it is, if I don't give myself something creative to do, my thoughts, uh, are, you know, I, for lack of a better term, I would say toxic, but it's not like negative or sad. It's just, you know, imagine like Rain Man coming out is you know uh, i there's a, there's a clock okay it needs to be you know that battery is going to die in two months so i got to remember to do that and okay that like that my brain just would when on autopilot if i'm not on if i'm not being creative uh 
the train of thought gets derailed very quickly. So I have to trick myself. I think that's what, what made me so good at magic is the, the puzzle of trying to organize an ADHD mind uh, was so challenging that uh, I became really good at solving puzzles and finding shortcuts and ways to trick. You know, I have an alarm that goes off every 15 minutes uh, that we turned off for the for the podcast, but uh, because... I heard that. It, it, yeah, because the um, if I don't hear that alarm, I have to go, where am I? What day is it? What You know, like uh, I, I lose track of... Uh, time does not e- exist to me. You know, it, it's it's always now. Um, and I can't recall the past when I think about people in the past. Um, they're the way they are the last time I saw them. When I picture a story of my sister, you know, she's 45 years old. You know, like it, it's uh, I can't see her younger, uh, which she probably hates. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, I always apologize to you know the world because i i can't you know i have a blindness to names i have a blindness to you know if we've had the same conversation before i have no idea you know i have no idea if i've uh told these stories before so you know it's it's uh, it's never that i don't care it's uh i just am unable to access the information when I need it. When it comes to the world of magic and Buffalo, once again, what does Buffalo need? Hmm. Well, I just, I, I, I think it's, it's not even just what Buffalo needs. I mean, Buffalo, but everywhere just needs people to understand that they are doing magic you know, that they are a magician. They're either being careless with their magic or they're being efficient with their magic. Uh, every action you do, every word, every everything is your own ritualistic causality of the things around you. How you see it, how you choose to see it, how you label it, what, how you talk about it is is either going to encourage it to grow or encourage it to die. So the more that I can get people thinking magically, you know, the, the more that I can get people to, to realize that these states of mind, that the, the, the way the world is trying to influence you to think is in order to to bring you down to make you want to buy more things and i think if you know what buffalo has which is a, an amazing leg up on the rest of the of america especially is most buffalonians don't care about the celebrity industry machine and we don't get as quickly trapped we do but it's not as easy by um oh this person uses this product therefore Mm -hmm. we have to do that um we have this down-to-earth 
um, cut out the the uh, frou frou, you know, bowl, you know, you know, cut out all of the things that are not necessary and get to the point. We're very, uh, I, I think it's because we're so cold, we're saving energy, <laughs> so we just <laughs> cut to the point. Just less words, just get, you know, just say it, and um, holding on to that, not letting us become. You know, a lot of people say, keep Buffalo a secret. Um, no, keep Buffalo, keep, let's, let's, let's increase the spirit of Buffalo. Let's increase the mindset of being individuals that care about community. You know, we, uh, the more that we can promote interconnectivity, you know, our, uh, in many ways, our three-way system divided us, you know, we wouldn't be as divided socially if if it wasn't for the way our city is built. So we have to actually go out of our way to be interconnected with with other groups in Buffalo, because we, you know, by opening the doors to a lot of refugees, we have an amazing uh, access to the world. We don't have to go anywhere to have some of the best food of the world because they're all here. Yeah. If you look for them, but if you just stay in Chictawaga, if you just stay in Depew, you're not going to find it. You know, you want to, you want to see the world go downtown Buffalo. <laughs> you know, you can, you can experience it. Yeah. yeah. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to have some magic back in my life. Uh, and I can't, <laughs> and I can't wait to, uh, see you perform. Uh, where are you, where are you performing next? Um, well tonight, uh, I would going to be hanging out at the New York beer project, uh, on transit in Lockport. Uh, and then tomorrow I would be Wednesdays. I'm usually at Danny Sheehan's in Lockport. And then I hang out at the nowhere lounge, uh, in Kenmore and then Mon uh, Fridays, Sometimes Saturdays, depending on my schedule, uh, I hang out at Masuda Chow's downtown in the theater district. Great. Well, thank you so much, Michael, Garrett. I'll uh, be seeing you guys soon. Excellent. All right. Take care. Take care. Take care.